Welcome to Second Command. I'm uh, Matt Walsh. My name's Tim Simons. And I'm Hugh Laurie. This is an honor, Mr. Laurie. Are you a sir? Were you ever knighted? I'm not a sir, no. Really? Were no. you invited and turned it down? No. Never? No. But what is an OBE versus a CBE? And you're both. I, oh. I well, a CBE is, I suppose, technically above an OBE. I am now a commander of the Order of the British Empire. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I expect, what are your official responsibilities? I expect to be treated accordingly. <laughs> um, well, it's the firstborn of the village uh, comes to me. I don't have any responsibilities, none whatsoever. Um, how did you earn a CBE? I don't know. I don't know how it works. What, I, what was the ceremony? You go to the palace. You don't go to the palace because you're one not does. a citizen. No. One does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you stand in line, and you then you chat to the uh, the monarch, and um, uh, they read out a citation, mm -hmm. which was awkward. I remember the uh, two chaps before me; they were soldiers, and they were very sort of erect, fit-looking guys. And they read out the citation, you know, for uncommon gallantry in the face mm -hmm. of the. <laughs> they rescued orphans uh, from a you know a burning building, and then. Sergeant so and so was wounded four times, and and then I my name came out as Hugh Laurie for services to entertainment, <laughs> which just you know I bleh. I don't know what I, I don't know what it's for. I don't really know what it's for. Do they bless you with a sword? No, that's that's that's, if, a that's if, you, uh, if, if you're a knight. Yeah. So it's just a ha reading of a paper and then hand. Do they pin something on you? Yes, you do. There's a medal. Yes, okay. it's a medal. Cool. I can't remember if they pin it on you. Uh, I can't remember. Okay. Where is it now? The medal. It's uh, it's on my person, but I won't, <laughs> I won't tell you where. It's uh, I know I travel everywhere with it. Is there were, were there was there anybody at that ceremony at that ceremony where you were looking around like who's this fucking asshole? Like why is he getting one of these? No, my, no, no okay. that's not my my inclination is to th imagine that that's what everyone is doing oh. to me. <laughs> So they they've all invented some cancer cure, or they've mm -hmm. uh, they've done something remarkable. They've climbed a mountain, and they're looking at me, thinking, "What? This? Who's this guy? Who's, what's he done?" Um, that's my. That's just. My and is an OBE a lesser honor? You got a CBE oh, and an well, OBE? Uh, th there's no lesser and greater. Um, uh, it's all. We're all. Uh, yes, I suppose so. What does OBE stand for? Officer of the Order of the British Empire. And you get that first. Yeah. And what was that one for? Entertainment as well? <laughs> I really don't. Oh, God. It's so tawdry, isn't it? I feel embarrassed. No, it's no, interesting. It's, a great, it's, a great, it's sure. obviously a great honor, and it's a bit of a thrill. And I took um, some friends. You, you know, you can take four friends along with you, and they're in the palace, and they mm -hmm. wear a hat, and it's great. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of pageantry. And uh, th that sort of side of it, that's what... That's what the monarchy does well. Yeah. You know, they put on a good show, and everyone comes away feeling, well, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's it. Beyond that, I can't explain it. It kind of seems like they're, yeah, like they're really good at the pageantry, and they're, like, not great at being grandparents. <laughs> I don't, well, so it's so rare that you get both in one individual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're either I mean, a good party planner or exactly. you're either good with people or, or you're a good guest. It's, it's an uncommon mixture. Yeah. Yes, I suppose that's probably true, yeah. But you, you quite like some pageantry over here. You know, you're big on the bugles and the yeah. uh, Military. medals of honor and all, all of that sort of stuff. Congressional this and... Uh, 
We are. Can I tell you, there was a, a moment where I got to go over. I was in London uh, working with Chris Addison on a movie that he was directing. And I got to I went to like the costume fitting that just happened to be next to a like an airfield where they were going to fly one of the uh, planes that flew in the Battle of Britain. What is the name of that plane that has like the very distinct sound? Do you know what I'm talking about? The well, there's a Spitfire. Spitfire. Yeah, yes. yeah that was the... Uh, that was, uh, it, was a, it was like a Spitfire that had flown in the Battle of Britain, right. and it was the anniversary of it. And like there were just like seven dudes around just kind of pushing it out of the hangar and then they flew it and I was there and I was like, oh, if this was an American celebration of a battle with a, a like a, a plane that was in that battle, there would be 500 people here. Well, that's really interesting you say that because when they made the very great, I mean, it, it, it looks dated now, but there was a great film made called The Battle of Britain and it was one of those all star cast and Olivier and Ralph Richardson and they were all in it Um, all the airplanes they used had been maintained by American aviators it was the Americans who were much more enthused about commemorating those particular airplanes and the whole tradition of of whatever you would call it aerial combat and the skills and the the history that, that, that goes with those airplanes they were all flown in the film by Americans because the British, for some reason, just went, oh, we're done with that. We'd, or we don't know. That's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> but Americans have got so much more vigor, you know. And, yeah. they, and they, as you say, they commemorate and they, they gather twice a year and they look at each other's planes and say, you need a new, you know, like a silly one, if you like, or, mm-hmm. or whatever they do. It's just interesting that they, the Americans are much, are much better at that. Um, I think, too, maybe we're a bit sloppy, I think. Well, I think, too, you guys are used to wars. And and I think (laughs) we might have a nostalgia for a war that happened over there where you guys are like, Jesus, let's not even talk about this one. It could be a little bit. Right. Well, except when now we seem to be we've gone right into a nostalgia phase of this was our finest hour and makes Britain great again. Yeah, it is. Oh, no. I'm afraid so. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. It's happening around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that we all had some, there is some period in a nation's past that we, we must try and recapture. And of course, there's a great line in a Dennis Potter uh, play called Brimson and Treacle where Denham Elliott plays the character, I think. And he, he says at one point, I just, he gets so frustrated. He says, I just, I just want things to stay the same, only back a bit. <laughs> it's just so it's so beautiful it's that thing that we, we're sort of craving we, we just want there was some just over the valley you know there, there was that magical time when we were free and innocent of course yeah. we weren't we were miserable and yeah. we had tonsillitis and she wouldn't go out with us or whatever it was you know, yeah. we had some huge problem but that's not how we remember anything But it's, and it's so seductive and it seems to be Politicians seem to be able to use it to persuade people of all kinds of things that they imagine that they have lost that were better, but they weren't. They yeah. really weren't. They weren't in our, in my childhood even. But if you try, as you say, if you go back pre-penicillin, you know, try spend a week in 1300 and see how enjoyable that is. And, <laughs> But it's such an innocent time. Yeah, you're dead at 31. Um, and, and six out of your eight children also died, by the way. And th- so this is, yeah. 
And the only reason you attempted to have eight children was because you needed extra you, hands on the farm. Right. Yeah. Right. And you also needed to take account of the fact that not all of them were going to make it. Right. So you, you, so you needed got, to overproduce. You've got to overshoot the mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we have Hugh Laurie in studio with us today. I know. It's exciting. This is a big get for us, Tim. It's a big get. Who played Tom James on a show called Veep. One thing that I had a plan to do coming in was like sometimes people, and I don't want to say our audience complains, but it is. It's what they do. They complain that we don't, maybe we don't hit enough Veep stuff or we don't get to the Veep stuff early enough. And I was going to like hit you with a Veep thing right away so that we could vague away from it. And but then we you, just didn't do but that. But you haven't done that. Have no, I haven't no, done that at no, all. I failed in that. Yeah, you failed. But I, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit you with a Veep thing right Go now. ahead. Um, I forgot what it was. I'll go. Yeah, go. So one thing Tim and I have uh, gone through many episodes. We're up to season five, and Tom James came in season three, maybe? End of... You won't know. I'm not asking you. Four. End of four. four. End, end of four. four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To much uh, fanfare, and you deliver. You're wonderful in the show. But what is fascinating to watch about Tom is he is irresponsibly charming in that, like, you win people over, but you're a devil. Like with Selena, her first impression is like, you know she's awful. <laughs> like if I was getting into camp with Selena, I know what I'm getting. But with Tom, which is crafty, and it's also like, oh, when, do, when does he, because oftentimes we look at these characters and go, oh, when did they turn evil? And with Tom, you ride that line so well, like you'll say something evil or something really cruel with a smile, and then a beat later, it'll finally land on the person who's receiving it, and it'll totally sideswipe them. So I'm just curious. I guess that's a long way to say, how did you get into the role, and were there any people you modeled it after? Uh, it, that was long. <laughs> that was, was there anything useful? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I well, I got into the role because I had a strange approach, rather like being asked to join MI6, which I haven't been asked to do, by the way. Mm -hmm. I, I don't and, see you succeeding in that. Yeah, but you but seem like did, not brave enough to to say, to succeed in that. Okay. Yeah, that's not an. I'm not brave enough. Well, I was also just going to say, like maybe they're probably aiming for people that, like you know, you bounce back or quicker when you're in your 20s. Like no offense. Oh right, right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying you're you're in great shape. Like you know you're you're fit, you're handsome. Of course, I mean like and you have too much to lose. You have children. Oh they want God, orphans yeah. or desperate. Yeah. And, you know what yeah, I mean? You're yeah. not a great candidate Con for many reasons. Convicts. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Good safe. I mean, yeah. Skyfall. Dude's parents are dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Batman. Yeah. yeah. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just going to make a note. Not have not been asked to join what? MI6. Well, I got. I, I was asked to meet in a, a hotel in central London, and it was not made clear to me what it was going to be about. But there was this fellow Armando Yanucci, and in fact, he arrived as he often did, with a sort of um, surrounded by a posse of bishops, you know, <laughs> writers, <laughs> cardinals who follow him around. <laughs> They turned out to be writers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really uh, funny to think about Roger Drew being referred to as a cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> or Tony Roach. Well, that's that's how they struck me. I, yeah, I, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and he suggested this thing, and I thought, I mean, this is this is extraordinary. I love this show. It feels very, very alien to me stylistically. It just feels like a an arena in which I would not flourish. Mm-hmm. I had just got the last thing I'd done, not I hadn't just finished it, but it, you know, a year or two before I'd been doing House, which was a very, was very written 
in, in and I mean that in a very good way. It was it was like it was more of a sort of chamber piece, you know, like everything was partly because it had to be because of the technical demands of medicine and so on. It had to be just so it couldn't be one syllable either way because mm -hmm. that's what it needed to be. And I could tell that that was not Veep. The Veep, no. Veep was jazz, and uh, I thought, blimey, I, I don't know if uh, this freestyling thing is really for me. I don't, I don't know if I'd thrive at it. But I was so flattered and so excited by the prospect because I just loved the show. Um, all of you, obviously, some more than others, but we won't get into that. I mean, well, since. Since you've called me an unsuitable <laughs> candidate for MI6, I feel like I stand by that. I, I stand I, by that. I don't think that's I feel rude. Like Mike McClintock was the one character that didn't really. <laughs> that Thank you for remembering my character's name. Didn't really gel. Okay. Um, but otherwise, I thought everyone was fair great. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and, uh, and and it remained incredibly daunting to me for the first I don't know month, two months, three months. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my view of the television world and the entertainment world in the UK is that it's it can be very it's not like a huge group of people like that had you an arm not there are three worked, of us there are three of you yeah yeah man it probably pretty tough for you, that one Steven. guy yeah. who wasn't there at that meeting with all the yeah, bishops yeah, that one guy being yeah. like man I wish I could be in yeah, there yeah um at, you had not worked with Armando before and no. you hadn't had you ever met before you had never uh no I did uh, I don't think we had no. Okay. Obviously, I you know I knew everything about him. I looked him up, mm -hmm. um, and uh, hugely admired everything he'd done, uh, right back to the, or in fact, right back to the 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 radio show that then became the day to day. I absolutely loved it. But I, I I knew that it was a very different style to anything that I was used to, and and was therefore it was unnerving. I was unnerved. I don't know if you were unnerved. Well, you're a you're a. I was You're, more, you more are a jazz man. You are a jazz man. I'm an improviser, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I guess, was there a politician in your life or that you sort of modeled Tom after? I'm just curious because it's a wonderful character. Uh, I'm not going to compliment you too much because there's a good rivalry between us still. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but do you, I don't know, because like for me, Mike, I knew politics from Chicago, so my take on politics came from my upbringing in Chicago, if you want. I'm just mm. curious, not was really, there a way into Tom that... Not really, because I'm, I'm so unfamiliar with American politics. I mean, I'm much more familiar now because it has become such an astounding spectacle for oh the world God. to enjoy yeah. and, and follow. Yeah, it's going great for us over yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> but... Um, at that point, no, I just didn't... I, if you'd asked me who the... The Speaker of the House, well, I wouldn't have known who that was. I wouldn't have known who any of these offices, office holders were. Okay. Um, so I didn't really have anything to go on. And maybe, I'm not sure, actually, if Armando did either. I think he just had an idea of a particular type of... It's more a character in a sort of Elizabethan court, isn't it? That sort of devious um, manipulator who has the ear of, of the uh, the sovereign, mm -hmm. but is always plotting to undermine and... Yeah. This is a question that I've had as we've gone back and watched it. Tom James, over the course of the show, reveals himself to be very like Machiavellian and like mm. working behind the scenes and sort of just as backstabby as anybody else. When he first comes in, there is like a folksy authenticity to him 
right. that play as if he is like truly you feel like he's the last honest man that's there right willing right. to play the game but ultimately is like yeah i think drugs should be legalized because they do great harm at what point did you know that he was going to be that sort of backstabby guy well i suppose i had a suspicion from the beginning because that there was a lot of backstabbing going on. A lot of backs were being stabbed in the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, on, on every level, they mm -hmm. were just, people were saying things they did not mean and could not deliver. People were trying to take credit for things they hadn't done or, or, or shirk the blame for things they had done. That was the sort of, that was the currency of the show. And I assumed that, that he would be in that vein. Um, now I'm, I'm now thinking about the question you just asked about. I suppose... The way you've just described Tom James is the way I've heard people talk about Bill Clinton, that mm. he comes into the room and he oh, shines yeah. and he looks you in the eye like no one's ever looked you in the yes. eye and he presses your hand and you feel like you're the only person in the world. And, yeah. and everything he says just has a ring of sort of salty truth about it. But he's funny and he's nimble and he makes it seem fun. Yeah. He makes it seem fun. And I think Tom James, that one of the ideas that they had was that Tom James enjoyed himself. You know, he sprang out of bed in the morning and thought, what, what, what fun can we have today? Yeah. Uh, didn't seem to be afraid of much. Yeah. He had a sort of, uh, what's the worst that could happen? Well, I suppose World War Three, but but beyond that, what's the that's worst? unlikely. What's that is unlikely. <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, I suppose Clinton is is a good example. Uh, yeah, I see that totally. And uh, he feels like one of those guys that would he would just like you know say like a little like a colloquial phrase that nobody has ever said before, but he does it with such a plum. You think that it's like Scott Clackham, our our uh, locations. locations guy. Uh, who's now who's now like on the production and on the producing end? He would say stuff like, "Yeah, man, my grandmother had my grandmother had quarters falling out of her little coin purse all the time, man." And I was like, "I don't know what that means." Yeah. But when he said it, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, man, she did." Yeah. And somehow he related that to production that like your grandmother was losing quarters out of her coin purse or whatever. It has that feeling. Do, have you have you run that to earth? What does that actually mean? I have no idea. Or was it literally that I'm making had... a little note to myself to, yeah, to yeah. just delete that whole part? <laughs> Edit. Talk uh, to I, the editor. Uh, I know you did like for many many years. Did an American accent on House? Was improvising in an American accent number one difficult or in any way like a worry going in? Yeah. Or did that did. Yeah. No, it was. My, I, I found it much more difficult because what I realized that I was doing because I cheat, I cheat all the time by finding words that I know that I can say okay and avoiding words that I can't, which is just an extra layer of mental calculation you have to do quite quickly to think. Oh, I know what I should say. Can't say that. Damn it. Can't say. Can't say the city of New York in an American accent. What does it sound like if you do? I'm not going to do it, okay? Because those days are behind me now. Yeah, he's a smart uh, actor. Why would he embarrass yeah, himself? Yeah, thank you, thank well, you. Yeah, not a brave actor. And not, <laughs> not smart. Who we're none of us are brave. We're not MI6. I'm pretty brave. I could get make it in, in MI6, but but you know, no, I'm, I couldn't. It would be too. And murder's another one. Okay. Um, murder. Uh, right. Yeah, it okay. sounds to me like even Americans struggle with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is odd because you do quite a lot of We it. do. <laughs> I have a question for you. <laughs> this is something I've asked or uh, it's a theory I have. I could write the most terrible script in the world, 
But if the main character had a really broad, deep Southern accent, like from To Kill a Mockingbird, I bet I could bait a really good British actor to jump on that project. Do you believe that? Because of the Southern accent. Walsh thinks specifically I the think, Southern I accent. I think British, good British actors yeah. are suckers for projects where they get to do a, much in the same way an I, American might want to do a Cockney, perhaps. But that's I my theory. There is some truth in that. <laughs> I do. I mean, I can't think of who that would apply to immediately. I, I don't have a target, but if you gave me <laughs> nearly eight seconds, I could probably come up with a list of a hundred <laughs> who would absolutely take that bait. Because I've seen it in projects, yeah. and I'm like, you took that because you got to go full deep in a big old southern you accent. You wanted which to is, show yeah. range. <laughs> yes, and just range. go over the top. and Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for being honest. No, I think that's, that's a theory true. that's sort of been... Although, although I did not, I, I tried doing in the very early days of House. I, you know, I th maybe it was actually the uh, the audition stage. We did try it English, and it lasted for half a day. They just went, "No, this is not." You were were you filming it even? Uh, or no, just I think in the audition, just taping it in, okay. in an audition. And I think I think they probably felt the character is alien enough, is is, is sort of unlikable enough. <laughs> Uh, we don't need to add some goddamn foreigner thing. Unrelatable. Uh, exactly. Element. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's another good show, but we're not going to talk about House. No. My other question was, we're in not. general... We're not. We're not. I just up. said we're not. My other question is... It just seemed like you really laid down an ultimatum without discussing. Well, I'm not you do what you we want. going to. Or he can do what he wants. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about okay. it. Okay. What is your general impression of, or memories of... Our, our rehearsal process, because you said it was, you knew it was going to be like nothing, it was going to be more like jazz than like this formalized written yeah. show you were coming out of. So what are some of the impressions or memories you have from any of those rehearsal I, days? I was astounded by the agility. You, as you know, well, it's, it is known. You are a slightly freakish uh, in your ability to generate an endless stream of Nonsense. Nonsense. Sure. <laughs> it's parlayed into like I have a home and I put kids <laughs> and I put kids in a private school. Many it's very fortunate. Abs absolutely. I've hoodwinked a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I thought the entire cast, the this, the agility and the uh, sort of playfulness, and I suppose willing to risk, although it wasn't much of a risk because you were also good at it, that they, you were not risking anything because you knew you could do it. Um, I found it, it was, to, to someone like me, it was, uh, it was intimidating, particularly, w w you know, with the added stresses of the, of the accent and so on. And also feeling like the newcomer, you, you, you know, the new kid yeah. in school is always, um, and everyone else seems so comfortable and they've got their, you know, they've got their own mug and their own inside jokes and their own, and you still do. Uh, yeah. 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 A lot of them, we actually have like a little text chain that we intentionally leave you out of. <laughs> Oh, don't they all make them paranoid? Don't do that. Don't. Well, <laughs> but did you ever get to a point where, like, oh, I can be terrible here and I can actually find this useful? Or did you always stay in that and sort of? I mean, you're a great actor, but did, no, no, I think I'm always, um, always watching myself. I don't think I ever get lost in a thing to the point where I just sort of just don't care and I'll try this and if it doesn't Even work, in a rehearsal room yeah, where there's no stakes, literally no stakes, because yeah. it is to kind of bang out. Almost worse in a rehearsal room, Yeah, I find. Because? 
Because it's your peers and their judgment or whatever you sense from their reaction as to whether you've succeeded or failed is more important than anybody else's. Um, and you're all so good at it. And of course, Julia is, I am sure you've had people saying lots of lovely things about uh, Julia, but she is the best I've, I've ever seen, ever, ever. Yeah. And not just in the the stewardship, the execution of that character, but in the way she inhabited the the role of boss. You know, yeah. she bossed it in such a in such a lovely way, in mm -hmm. a way that allowed even me a degree of confidence and space and sort of playfulness to. And as we all know, you know, the, the person who's at the top of the um, the tree, they they do. It's undeniable. They they probably shouldn't. But they do set the tone, um, and that allows other people to give of their best. And she inherited that space from Armando because he created a very yeah. playful, let's fuck around kind of. Yeah. He was obviously a benevolent dictator, but he offered a lot of that space right, right. in the beginning when he assembled the whole thing. But you're right, Julia's the best. Did you guys right away have the kind of chemistry that you show that you have like in those like those scenes where you guys? Are like yelling at one another, but then you end up having sex in the like, and <laughs> the Tony Roosevelt walks room. in, and then even the, those scenes like later on when you're married and she's like, like I can't remember what the what your your wife's name was, but she was like, is that her name or the drug that you take in order to fuck her? Like, <laughs> you had this sort of like this like true extreme love hate like. A, 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 like undeniable attraction to one another in the show. Did you guys have that kind of chemistry right away? I well, I always assumed that she hated me. Uh -huh. I thought that was the uh, I was I, I was having to work at the love part, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from from her side mm -hmm. uh, because I found her terrifying because she's so awesomely good. She's the she's the woman you want to make laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, she, there's something about so precious about her. Any sort of response that is, you want her approval. Mm -hmm. I think you want her approval within the show, and you want it sort of generally yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. And so it, it it took a while. I was so in awe that it uh, it did take a while. But she, of course, I'm sure is aware of that. She she is so generous and so accommodating with people. She must be constantly dealing with people who are quaking in their boots yeah. to be in her presence, and she's got to sort of find some way in a Clintonish way she's got to find some way of letting people be who they are and letting them relax and getting the best out of them mm -hmm. or, or, or give give her their best um and so that was entirely down to her I feel like she she sort of orchestrated that so so beautifully I I don't want to put you on the spot it it seems I guess it's funny to hear you say like you know she's a person who is probably used to talking to people who are like quaking in their boots. I, I don't, I mean, like you might brush this comment off, but you are also a person that I think brings that response in. You have a, like a well, very- I don't bring yes. it from him, do I? No, you do. I, I had tremendous <laughs> reverence I mean, I, for I you mean, when I-, I Oh, when we first met. Well, yeah. yeah. Don't then, meet your heroes. Sort of, yeah, yeah, don't meet your heroes. Exactly. That, that holds true, yeah. but in the beginning, <laughs> in the be you're just an average, decent enough fellow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think oh, I so think to I those. <laughs> Your self-esteem is gonna be riding sky high. Yeah. By the way, you getting those medals—that's a great thing for your kids, 
regardless of the silliness of it, like if I was a kid and my dad had a royal. Well, that's funny you said that because one of I was uncertain. There are some people. I'm guessing. There are some people who turn these things down. They think, uh, you know, and I used to be a very much a Republican. I had no truck with the monarchy. I thought the whole thing was absurd. And then I sort of, you know, over the years, you kind of think, ah, oh, well, where's the harm? Um, you know, uh, it's quite nice seeing horses with jingly jangly things uh, <laughs> cantering down the mall. We've paid um, for that palace well, anyway, exactly. so I might as well get an invite. Exactly. But anyway, when, when, the, when the offer came up, came up I was, th- I was in two minds, and I was thinking, oh, I don't know if that's really, this is a, an appropriate thing to be doing or accepting. And my middle son, who was sort of early teens at the time, I think, he said, I thought his reaction was so fantastically healthy. He said, oh, you'd have to be so up yourself to turn that down. Oh, oh wow. And I thought that's, you know. Who are you? That's brilliant. Yeah, it is. I actually yeah. really like that. I, it's that sort of splendidly unneurotic, and, and just be grateful, Dad, yes, and take yes, the yes. fucking trophy. Take, take, yeah. yeah, don't don't go make it's not about you. <laughs> no, being, you know, just just sort of go with it. Yeah, I thought that was splendid. Yeah, um, and and uh, so I now ever since then I defer to him in all matters, investment advice, everything. Oh, did you ask him about doing this podcast? I did. It, and what I was did. his advice? It was a big head shake, actually. He said... <laughs> a big one like this, where it, up and down no, like that? That's a nod. Oh. Oh. This should be a shake. That's okay. A, okay. okay. Must, maybe the translation is different, like the UK to the US. Maybe it's Maybe. 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 Yeah. Okay. There is a, no, no, there is a country where it's the other way around, isn't it? Is there? Is it? Yeah. Where would the, it in like Russia or something, when they do this, it's... Uh, it's no. It's no. I think it's Russia. Yeah. Is it? I think so. When they go, yeah, they you do that. You better be right. I think so. Yeah. Or Turkey. Could we pause, look it up, and then behave like we knew? Aaron, can you? We can uh, have no, 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 our we assistant. Have well, I, we I don't mind confessing to ignorance. Okay, I don't think that you. I don't think you have to worry about being considered ignorant for not knowing. That that feels like a pretty niche oh. bit of trivia to know. I have a. I don't but, think. You but have to worry but about but that's that's all I am. I'm just <laughs> held together with niche trivia. So uh, I have a story that. Uh, relates to you because you were there so we went and saw the jazz movie what was it called with whiplash whiplash and you came with us oh and it, it was oh, one of our right, yeah. it was one of our nights out and yeah, you, you were Theater. in town and we went to the charles and had a lovely dinner and afterwards oh, i think this everyone no it's not no it's not everyone's sort of raving about the movie and i remember talking to you about it and you were sort of like you made a really good point i don't this isn't to put you on the i i appreciate it because you yeah. basically said Nobody who's good at jazz or is a true artist in an art form I ne- is going to be that. Well, this is my okay, memory. All right. mm-hmm. Don't you dare change my memory, Hugh Laurie. <laughs> okay. It is mine. I told right. my children this story. All right. I'm going to give it to them when I die. No, that the gist of it was if you're a great artist, like even Beethoven, when he wrote the Fifth Symphony, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's one of the symphonies. One wrote. of his, his fifth fact, symphonies. It was, I think dun, it was dun, the dun, fifth dun, one. It might have been the fifth. I think. Dun, 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 yeah. That one. Correct. Mm-hmm. He probably, if it was still sitting on his desk when he woke up the next morning, he's probably like, "Oh, I kind of want to." You're never sort of done tweaking and changing. There's nothing that rigid when you're inside an art form, and that was sort of your critique of the movie, and that was a keen insight to something that well, it, I, I took at it, face it, value. It, it wasn't. I don't know if it was a critique of the movie. It might have been a critique of the whole idea of 
an academy of art, which I'm very, uh, partly because yeah. I never went to one, yeah. so I have no experience of it. But I find, you know, the bearded men who take a, a, make a text sacred and say that all students must henceforth follow the exact, no, that's a dotted minim, that's not a, you know, not my tempo. You know, well, if they just did two takes, they might, they might even recorded five takes, and that was the one that, you know, was released. There might, might have been five different tempos, tempi. Um, and I just thought that whole, I have an aversion to that uh, academy feel of any art form, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's acting or, or music. I think it's stifling and it's there to prop up the power of the people who've maneuvered themselves into the that. The academics yeah. of that. Yeah. Academics or the sort of the mullahs, you know, who will take a who will take a sacred text and they will say, we are only we can properly interpret this, um, this holy screed. And I, I, that gets my back up. I, I find that really depressing. Like it's against the concept of art in a way. It is. Right? And I, I who, was the, who was the drummer that it was all modeled on? Who was the guy who Buddy played? Rich? Buddy no. Rich. I mean, maybe Buddy Rich was a not-my-tempo kind of guy. It's got to be exactly 178.48 and nothing faster or slow. But I really doubt it. I really yeah. doubt it because he was a consummate musician who could have gone in any number of directions as you do when you improvise. You are the kind of... Buddy Rich. I oh. am America's Buddy Rich. You are. You are. You're the first well, person to say it, but I'm going to push that. Was Buddy Rich was American, though? Was I mean, uh, the comedy's Buddy Rich. That's a better way to say it. American I'm, comedy's yeah. Buddy Rich. I'm, America, I'm contemporary American comedy's okay. Buddy Rich. Yeah, but you had you needed two takes of that, though, didn't you, to get that? I did, yeah. so maybe I'm not. <laughs> maybe I was in Buddy my heyday. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was in my heyday. I have a medal somewhere. <laughs> Which proves I was on the top of the mountain for a brief moment. <laughs> I don't know. That was my. That was what. That's what made me tense with that film. Yeah, I and I don't thought, think you were shredding the movie. I think we had a conversation to defend your. Yeah, you're yeah. not. You you just couldn't buy into the story where that was the center point of it. And I also I th I think it's a funny thing that that in this country, if you don't mind me offering something that may sound to you impertinent, I think Americans are great believers in. The guru, um, the 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 mentor, the mm -hmm. coach. You see, I find it. I think to British people, we are baffled by the idea, by the dominance of the coach figure, the sensei, who everyone defers to for their entire life. That someone coaches high school basketball for two years, they are then referred to as coach for the rest of their lives. You know that they have this holy. We don't have anything like. We don't really have an equivalent of that. Um. And it's I think it's, it's evident in the sports we like. So yeah. that you, a, a game of soccer, as you would call it, 45 minutes, those guys, those young kids run out. There's nothing, there's nothing that the coach can do. The coach can't call yeah. a play. The coach can't steer anybody. He can pick the side and, and talk about strategy, but he can't. He's not actually mentoring moment by moment. Whereas mm. in so many American sports, this guy on the sideline with the headphones uh, is is yelling at people four feet taller than him and telling them how to play their game. That that's that's is surprising to me in the land of the individual. That is surprising to me that that Americans. Uh, well, how about in acting? Is there like a British guru who like great actors might go back to? Like they get a thing like, oh, I got to go back to the coach. Like 
a formative teacher? Well, there never was for me because I didn't, okay. go, I didn't go to any sort. I had no in, uh, instruction. You uh, came maybe, out of sketch, right, kind of? Yeah. You started yeah. in sketch, but yeah. There, I mean, maybe, maybe people do have that figure in their lives. I feel like it's, I don't know, I think it may be less common in Britain. Yeah. I don't know why. We just... Um, it's probably healthy. It's, it, it, I'm not saying you, you guys are unhealthy. Well, I'll take it. Yeah, you're not. You're not taking. Uh, it doesn't I hurt. Have been it's, just an, it's just an observation. Yeah, I've yeah. been making notes on the subtext yeah, this yeah. whole time, and I wrote down unhealthy a couple times. Yeah, we were yeah, about accusing that. us of being unhealthy. Yes. Yeah. No, I do think that there is some, and I do feel like the best coaches, I, the best coach, and maybe that's why I like really liked working for Armando when we were in that rehearsal process. It was he was never like, never telling you that you were wrong in right. doing something. It wasn't like, oh no, that was the wrong choice to make. He's like, right. that is a choice that just does not work for this scene. You know what I mean? And there is a difference in those two. That's like, exactly. Uh, actually, like a lot of trust there. That's a, now that you said that is exactly my memory too, that he would, uh, I mean, it, the, he was another guy. It was such a pleasure to make him laugh. It was yes. a real thrill to yes. make oh him laugh. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it? It yeah. was like, and a, it was always the dumbest things like, Tim and I singing or falling off a chair. Yeah. yeah. It was the surprising infantile dumb stuff that yeah. would tickle him. And that's, yeah, that was great joy. I agree. But with it was, you. You're right that there was no, you never felt like something was wrong or that you'd completely missed the point of the, that yeah. moment. It was just, well, let's try another one. Yeah. And how about this? Or, or, or sometimes not even how about this? Just try another one. You're right. There was, there was no sort of, Stricture, you know, you're straying from the method, from from the holy path. I always find that, I don't know, I do kind of find that a little bit frustrating sometimes. Where like, I don't, I feel like I'm just going to repeat everything you said, so I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> well, gonna I'll just there. say, yeah, you you go. You're, Tim's very conscious about over talking. That's why I've, I've over. That's what you're experiencing so much. Because when podcast. you listen to the episode, really? I get really well, excited. Yeah, and then I talk a lot. But for me, like. Shakespeare is an example. I, I've never done. I'm sure you've done Shakespeare, right? No, never. Okay, I, I did one at university. Yeah. Okay, but, but never professionally. No. But I feel like that to me is exactly the standard. Like if I were to step inside that and recreate the language of William Shakespeare, I would be constant, constantly be conscious of like get the tempo, get, and it would inhibit me to explore and bend right. it to what I'm good at. Do you know what I mean? I so do. There are I certain do. art forms that I can't enter into without exalting right. it beyond my beyond well, my ability or beyond. I don't know. I have nothing to be is, so perfect in the pocket. Nothing is beyond your ability, Matt. Uh, but, that's not but, true. But okay. I think I was thinking about this on the way over here. That there was a, there is a difference in American and British approaches to acting because I suspect almost all American actors conceive of themselves existing on screen for the, for the majority of their career. The screen will be a big part of it. In Britain, I think it's maybe less than half. People imagine, ah, I will spend most of my time on stage. And what that means, doing a, a repertoire, and what that means is that they're constantly performing roles that have been performed before and will be performed again. And they they are accustomed to sort of fitting into a pre-existing they're renting the role mm -hmm. instead of creating it owning it yeah mm -hmm. i think americans are much more um, much more confidently assume ownership of a role you know travis bickle yeah no one was there was 
There would be yeah. no other Travis Bickle. Yeah. So, so whatever he did, that's it. And there is no, there is no further interpretation required. That's, it's done. Yeah. Whereas I think, um, I think British people, you know, I, I'm going to play Colonel Pickering in Pygmalion or something. Well, I know 10,000 people have done it and another 10,000 will. And so what, I've got to fit into a smaller um I tend to choose hole. things where I don't have to fit into them, whether it's really? learning an instrument, because an instrument, you can't fake it. You have to hit the note, and Shakespeare, you have to hit the language, and so dance, if, you have to be a formal If you, know, you got the opportunity gesture. to play, uh, play a deep southern um, <laughs> character, would you, <laughs> would you go for it? Would you think, I want to show my range? Uh, I would... Uh, interesting. I guess I would go a whole hog, but I would probably... Get with a dialect coach, yeah. and then I would probably get tight about like, oh, I'm not hit like the way you said. I know what words I can say, and not right. show I'm a fraud. Right. If I started going full southern and thinking I'm confident, and then I sat down with a dialect coach, and she or he changed like that's not a good southern accent. Yeah, <laughs> I would be in my head for the rest of the run yes. of that. Well, thing. I've, I've just done that. Yeah, I've just played um, a, a character, a South African character. Oh, and that's, that's a, a tricky very, one. It's a tricky one. Um, made tricky by the fact that no one else on the set, well, even spoke English. Never mind, uh, uh, could hear a South African accent. Really? So I would do a thing and they'd go, oh, that was great. And I was thinking, well, it really wasn't. <laughs> it really, really wasn't. But, you know, can I, you know, can I try one more? Um, and it is very, it, yeah. it is incredibly constricting. Yeah. If you care about the, I mean, some people, sometimes people don't care and it doesn't matter that right. they don't. Yeah. Right. And I look at those actors and I think, how did they, how, <laughs> how did you get, get away with how that? How did you get away with that? Yeah. That's awful, but it doesn't matter. It's not relevant. Right. But, but if you've got, if it's every word of it is pinging in your head, like wrong, wrong, yeah. really wrong, almost right, no wrong. You know that's the that's the sort of inner voice that you're you're using on yourself. It's it's very, it's a it's a strain. Yeah, yeah. And you just I, push through it, right? I think I remembered what I was going to say. Oh, thank God! Thank God! This had better yeah, be we, interesting. We've, we've been filling in for you. <laughs> this <while>. had better <laughs> be. Thank you guys well. for vamping while <laughs> I figured it out. If you're going to interrupt, this had better be good. <laughs> so I think that there is like a sort of contrarian in me that when it comes to like that sort of like you're kind of renting the role thing when i hear about like and i love shakespeare and i love going to watch shakespeare and i've never really felt any deep call to perform it right over and over again and i think part of that might be the contrarian of somebody who the people who are the best at that can sit there and be like well i went back to the folio and the folio has it this way and so therefore, because of this pronunciation, because of this meter or because of this canter or whatever, it is performed this way. And there's always that part of me. It's like, fuck you. It's not right. You know what I mean? Like there's that thing. I think maybe that is the reason I'm attracted to this stuff more because it is like a living. It can be like a living, a living thing process and a living thing rather than something that has lived its life. And we present it as it. Like it's well, not. How really would that changeable. apply to a modern play? Let's say you were doing a new play. You were offered a role in a new play, and it, I mean, how much of it is to do with the eight times a week? Uh, you know, repetition. Honest, I of actually think. Could you do that? Yes, could, you can but, repeat. I can, and actually, there is a because I like I 
didn't start studying theater until I was in college, and but I started it there, and I do love it, and I love doing a bunch of shows. The thing that I miss the most about being in a play compared to being on like a film set is that you you get like the physical movement into your bones in a play right. where like the physical motions can just be autopilot. You just your body knows where to go. Yeah. In a way that, like, I don't always find that in every scene that I'm performing. In, no, you know, where you're like, look, we have this, we have this set for like two more hours. Like, we have like a company move. Like, we got to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you've got to stand on that mark and do, and every part of your body is saying, "But I wouldn't." Or, yeah. Or not just I wouldn't. Nobody. Would. Nobody would. Nobody or, having contemplated, you know, a dead body in the is just going to stand there and make that speech. It's, yeah. it's sort of not possible. And there is then also the other thing, even if it is like, oh, yeah, no, a human being would stand on that mark and say that sometimes it's just like my body does not feel comfortable in this space. It doesn't feel natural. The movements mm, don't mm. feel natural. But if you do it for months and months and months, it's yeah. just a part of you. Yeah. That's one thing that I miss. But I do I do like being in like a modern play in like a workshop experience experience uh, seems like obviously like in plays like a lot more uh authority is given to the playwright mm -hmm. and you know ultimately they're going to be like no it's this but there's still space yeah to be like what if it's this and if the playwright is like no it's not then okay cool but we but, tried it but you know that if you present something that is interesting and valuable and and or funny or yeah or poignant well the playwright would be an idiot not to yeah. seize on it or yeah. accept it. Yeah. And yeah. I like that sort of like collaborative yeah. thing. I like that. So that would that. be the best of both. That would things. probably be the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. That is the dream, though. If you walked into every gig with a workshop mentality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes when you audition and you just play with it and you're like, I don't know. They, they say they want this guy, but I'm going to do it this way. And lo and behold, they choose you. Or being in a process like Veep, you're just sort of workshopping it and you get this tremendous ownership and confidence with mm. that beyond learning the character just that mentality it's, it serves you so well to be fluid and receptive and take chances and like sometimes stepping into Shakespeare or whatever you get rigid or I get rigid I feel like oh I'm trying to recreate a role that's been done 200 times it's the detective who solves the mystery whatever it is you just get so rigid and you're trying to hit a standard that is not living, but the workshop mentality allows mm. you to be imperfect yeah. and vulnerable. And that's like people who own that. I admire because you have, to, for me, I had like Armando for the show we did invited us into that space, but there are people who own that and walk into everything they do with sort of that. Well, I think, I mean, I think I learned a lot doing Veep. I do. Like what? I that sort of confidence in one's ability to just uh, respond to something, go with something, make it uh, just true in that moment, even if it actually was a deviation from what the story was. Well, we kind of need the story to wind up here rather than there, so that doesn't work, which is fine. But you know, just having a sort of, um, I think I got more confident in my just from watching you guys doing it. Um, I thought, wow, I've, n I've never seen this done so adeptly, so enjoyably, and actually so efficiently. That's the thing, because, uh, no, what I mean is... That's, that's a weird way to describe well, no, our show. Veep was what not I, an efficient show. No, but, was not efficient. but it could have been so... If you weren't as good as you all are, it could have been 
absolutely catastrophic. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you would not get true, to the yeah. end of a show in two months. You just yeah. would never get there because it would just be a mess. Right. But actually, yes, you 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 meandered and took time, and there were things were tried that never made it to the. But it was nonetheless, you know, you were getting through huge amounts of stuff and brilliant stuff. Yeah. It, it was uh, it, it was much more efficient than it really ought to have been. If you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, if if Casey Bloys is listening, which is which he isn't, his head is exploding right now thinking about the uh, description of our show being efficient. Oh, really? I mean, he's probably like, yeah, I had to sign the checks for your efficiency, yeah, for your, and I for your extra rehearsals. <laughs> how, how are you spelling efficiency? Is that with two F's? Um, yeah. Well, I think, too, you weren't just watching it. I'm sure you got pulled into it in scenes where we were fucking around. And I, I'm certain it wasn't just passively because we were all doing it. And yeah. every but, you know, at some moment in every scene, whether it was rehearsal or being filmed, somebody was fucking around. Yeah. And doing something. Actually, now you reminded me there were those moments. They were we would just stop, wouldn't we, for a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fix the script. That was mysterious. <laughs> How or we would be flown back to L.A. because the scripts weren't ready. Okay. So that part was maybe less. Yeah, but that, that was sub-efficient. I'm talking about the, the you know, the 12 hours on the floor yeah. of the set. When, yeah. when 12 I hours? 15. 15. 16. Yeah. For the actors. I, but what that did, 22 for the crew. The yeah. most. The most. Teamsters, 24. The most memorable thing. One of the most memorable parts of the whole experience there was a day it wasn't a day off we were rehearsing in a hotel room somewhere and julia was doing a scene i can't remember who, who she was doing it with and i don't know if it ever made it to the show but the the premise was the president can't sleep she goes down to the kitchen the white house chef is finishing her shift and you get the idea that she's got to get home because she's got a kid who's not well and she wants to really get out of there but she can't leave because Julia won't let her leave. She just won't, <laughs> but without being aware of the fact that she can't leave, that she's not letting her leave. So she just was, how do you make that? Uh, and the chef is having it well. Um, it, 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 you know, and I remember that improvisation, I think they probably went on for about 40 minutes. And I was so entranced by it. I thought, this is, this is the greatest and truest performance of anything i've ever seen yeah. and none of, yeah. and neither one of them had any idea where it was going to go yeah and they, it was just effortless actually it was a great piece of jazz it was like being in the room when when two great although i'm embarrassed to say i can't remember who the other actor was um, well i mean it's i, I don't think don't, it i don't think it made no it. i don't I remember don't that, i don't remember that, that at there was all no like, no. but it was it was exquisite it was oh god i, I was there ever a scene that you and Julie or you and anybody had that was sort of built around improvisation that you were like, oh, it was a pretty good scene when we started. But through that process, I like loved that scene. I loved what we found in there. I am not sure I've ever loved anything I've actually directly been involved in or okay. been a part of. That's, uh, you ever that's like the humble part of you. And like, uh, I, have you yeah. ever watched an episode of Veep? Not that I've been in. Okay. Okay. Um, That's I've pretty watched, good. I've watched. Is it? Yeah, you're pretty good in the show. I, I've yeah. watched l lots of episodes that I'm not in. Okay, I, I tend to avoid that. I find that's I'm not just, uncommon for really? some actors. Yeah, we've met a lot of actors yeah. who don't like watching themselves. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch it once and then I'm done. All day, every day, baby. 
Yeah, you love watching yeah. yourself. <laughs> You'll be. <laughs> That's You'll be actually not I, true. I think, I think I could probably watch it. You know, five years from now, I'll, I'll probably yeah, yeah, be all right. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. That's true. Time does when, help. When you. I have no hair. <laughs> and then I could say, well, that was a time when I had some hair, you know, that'll be. Yeah. And you're like, it was so much better back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I make Veep great again. Yeah. Veep. The, the, the uh, there was a question that I wrote down. Come on, Tim. I got Out it. with it. Doing so. I have I'm, one if you need one. I'm doing so good. Here's just the thing. Is there something that you've been involved in the, involved in, in the past, like a, a show or a movie or anything like that, that you thought was really good that you don't think got the attention it deserved small or big anything just like oh i really enjoyed that and it never really found an audience that kind of thing well i don't i never feel that my enjoyment has got anything to do with it i mean i don't you know i don't look at things that are enjoyable as give as that giving them any value oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay or In sorry fact, i guess sometimes maybe... it's the reverse if something's exquisitely painful it must have value because otherwise what was the pain for that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a very Presbyterian sort of way of looking at the world, that mm -hmm. pain is virtue. Um, Transforming. If, if, if people tell you that they had such a blast making that movie, I, it just makes me, you know, well, <laughs> well, I hated it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How's that? How does that affect the blast you had? Oh, my God. Well, it does laughed all day long. It doesn't indicate a good movie. That's for it, sure. Well, it, does. for sure. it doesn't. No, it's not a guarantee. That's not a guaranteed sign of a good movie. I agree with that 100%. I don't know. I No, I think, I think by and large, the audience, particularly now where people have so many opportunities to find things later, you know, there once was a time if a movie didn't work in the first three days, they just yanked it and it was and they threw it on a bonfire. Mm -hmm. uh, now I think everything has an opportunity to live again, and people can find it and go, "Oh, I really love that." Why did they? Or why did they cancel that immediately? Um, Do you have something like that in your past? Like may maybe not from your own enjoyment, but from like you, you really thought like that final product was something that was really good, and maybe I was proud no, of that work. No, I mean I feel. Generally speaking, when I watch things, if I ever do, sort of 15 years later, uh -huh. I, th I do find myself thinking that wasn't as awful as I thought it was going to be. Um, so I, and I have got quite a few of those. I sort of look back and go, actually, that was, yeah, that was, a, that was all right. That wasn't, um, I wouldn't have made my children embarrassed going to school. <laughs> um, but... Uh, no, a thing that, that that sort of burns in my heart as the one thing that I would like to be remembered for that no one ever paid attention to. I don't. I don't have that. I'm still sort of looking for that. Okay. I think that's what. That's why you keep doing it. I mean, if you ever did have that, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to just stop? Retire. Like Dorothy Parker supposedly played one shot of golf in her life, and it was a hole-in-one, and she said, that's it. I'm, not, I'm, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, because you're forever chasing. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. If there was a job, if you didn't do this job, what, what do you think you would want your yeah. job to be? MI6, M ideally. <laughs> Um, a job that you would at least be curious about and possibly have decent a chance at. of and, de and be decent at. Yeah. Or I mean, so obviously yeah. MI6 is off the table because that's not a real possibility. We're talking about things that could really happen. Or an American. You're, you're going to feel so stupid when it turns out. <laughs> but all along. Um, 
I did have a, when I was very young, I did have a um, rather romantic idea about joining the Hong Kong police. There was a big scandal back in the 70s. They fired half the, there, were, there was corruption and so on. They got rid of all of these guys. And they had a big recruitment drive. And I thought, I had this idea that I could go and be sort of Trevor Howard in The Third Man. You know, I could just hmm. um, wear a duffel coat and smoke a pipe. <laughs> and unite young lovers on the bridge or whatever. And <laughs> sort of Claude Rains kind of figure. In um, an exotic location. Yeah. And I think, I've got a feeling that I would have done that reasonably well. I think I'd have been a, a reasonably good policeman. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's it's cool. not really cool. Well, I think um, that's, I, I'll say it's pretty cool because that's not the answer I was in any way expecting. Um, but... Since then, that was a long time ago. That was uh -huh. a childhood ambition. I, since then, I would say musician. That's what I would have. Um, that was. That's my. That's the boat I. I didn't get on early enough. Yeah, I was going to say miss. I, I'd be lucky enough to sort of, you know, do a leg or two on it. But yeah, uh, I. Um, I should have got on that early. Do you do a fair amount of like you play live shows? There is a certain aspect, even that might not be your main career. There is like an actual aspect of that being work. For you, right? Like you release albums and play shows, and uh, yeah, I mean, we did. We we did. Uh, I had a band, and we 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 literally. This sounds pompous, but we actually did world tours. I mean, we yeah. went to Australia that's really cool. And, uh, Russia, and we played in the Kremlin. Whoa! Um, and when you're doing that, it's tremendously joyful. I would imagine. Yeah, like freeing, like in a way yes. that acting might not be. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> I believe you. There's the first half is is nerve-wracking i always found that the second half once i knew we'd sort of got over as the uh, and we sort of it's not it's not to say we had them because that's a that's an awful way of talking about an audience but we had won their approval up to that point and we knew the second half was pretty damn strong and that was a glorious moment yeah. to actually just sit back and play and let these singers sing and these musicians blow their that was just uh, that was amazing, amazing. that's awesome um, I had two questions. We've been kind of doing like a one-one kind of back and forth thing, but that's cool. If you want to take of, well, you yeah. took my question about it's the job. Of, I mean, I technically, bad cop, I always I, ask that question. So okay, bad cop and worse cop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've spent way too much time together, Tim and I. Um, what is your relationship to nicotine? Because I'm someone who's addicted to nicotine, and I remember you used to be a smoker. Yeah, I, I chew the I gum am. all the time. I I'm am. So I, I, I smoke cigarettes. That's, yeah. that's my relationship. Have you ever tried to break it or you don't engage in um, that? I have for what's the longest, probably sort of eight, nine months. Um, Hypnotism or just Iron Will? I did that Alan Carr book. Yeah, I read that. Uh, which was, and then I went to one of the courses, which involved a tiny bit of hypnotism, but it had no effect. Okay. No, I struggle with it too. Uh, that's the only reason I'm at. I still chew the gum. And then my other question is, do you guys want to hear my Jesus story? Yes. You can say no. That we should say that this, we had a conversation with you uh, off mic right before we started about, about Jesus and about how like that would be kind of hard to sum up, I guess, but this isn't just coming out of nowhere, yeah, I think right, is what right. I'm trying to say. Fair enough. <laughs> Even if it did, it's still a Yeah, no, it's still story. good. It wasn't a criticism. No. So yeah. I went to my 10, you, I think you said yes, or you don't want to hear it. No, no. I, okay. I, I, okay. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to hear it on record. Okay. I want to hear your Jesus story. So Pat. I went to my 10-year high school reunion, and there was t another guy in my class, Ed, uh, who was a class clown. I was sort of a mischievous class clown in my high school. And he got up at the banquet, 
and he told some jokes that were street jokes and kind of offensive to women. <laughs> they weren't truly funny. It was like, what? And then after those jokes, he went into, uh, you know, it's fun to laugh and have a good time, but have you guys found Jesus? And then he lectured the whole high school class about how Jesus could save our lives and how we needed to commit to Jesus and how he found Jesus and it changed his life. And it was really scary because the people I was with were half expecting a gun to be pulled out at some point. It had that like abrupt oh, tension oh, of like, wow, this is really disruptive. And this guy's a little crazy, I think. Yeah. And to go from like off color jokes to transition into Jesus, yeah. which is kind of off of what we talked about before the show. Like, even if you're Jesus, you're still being rude to your wife. You know, even if you're Jesus crazy, you're still being rude to your wife. Like, at what part? Right. I don't understand the whole adopting his lifestyle, if you will. <laughs> so he went from awful jokes that were negative towards women, uh, might have gone over in the 50s, let's say, and then he transitioned into, so that was like the Jesus story, basically. It was really crazy, and I've since never gone back to one of my high school reunions, because it was kind of bizarre. Yeah. He went he went straight into may the Lord bless and keep you after saying like your wife doesn't need to watch because there's a clock on, clock on, on the it. stove. Two of those. He did two of he those. He did two of those. Yeah. And then straight into Yeah. How you know, old was he? When he was like thirty, when we're out of high school, so we're all like thirty, twenty eight, ten think, years. Did he bring up Jesus because he sensed the jokes had not gone well? No. And he wanted to show uh, but I, yeah, I've got something. No, else. he had a built-in transition, oh, which was did. something oh, like, wow. which was something like, you know, it's okay. fun to laugh and make <laughs> jokes, as if what he had done was taken us to this laughing place. Yeah, but the truth is, can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the truth is, though, so he had a built-in transition. He knew he was going to do two jokes that reminded us of, oh yeah, he was the class clown, and then he was going to transition into this new purpose in his life, and he was going to share it with everyone. And it was really crazy. It was very strange. So that is that's unnerving. Yeah, that's really unnerving. Yeah, interesting, right? But it it falls into sort of what yeah. we were saying before, like these people who are holy rollers, but they're still sort of yeah not changed. In, it, it doesn't in, in, seem to change. It doesn't change as much. I mean, I'm not one. As yeah, I, as I said, and, um, it doesn't seem to change as much as I imagined it would if it happened to me. Right. I, I feel like I would stop. Everything. Or I would alter everything about my Yes. Everything. Yes. Um, and people who, the only thing it alters is uh, church once a week, mm -hmm. uh, maybe sing in the choir. And, yeah. They tithe, uh, not 10%, you know, yeah. 4, 4%. Yeah. Four. No, like, I, no. I don't know. That's surprising to me. Maybe right. yell at people who don't have, like, nativity scenes on their lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's part of what yeah. they're, they're changed about, but that's about it. Yeah. My attraction to... Uh, any sort of anything religious tends to be there's so much chaos generally and i think everybody's adult life but also in hours in that nothing's ever for sure and we don't have like a job all the time and every once in a while i'm just like oh man you get to wear the same clothes every day oh i know yeah you just like you go to this one place to eat you have yeah. one book to read that's it yeah like it just seems I'm so... I'm attracted to the simplicity of it, yes. like a cult or a strong religious like community. Well, either the simplicity or the ornate, because that, that thing you were talking about with the, with the British monarchy, you know, there's something about the color and the vibrancy. Yeah. There, because they know how to do that. They know how to put on a good show. 
as the church does very yeah. often. Magnificent buildings, great music. Mm-hmm. I mean, great music. Yeah. Beautiful rituals. Art. I, I'm yeah. absolu- art. I'm absolutely on for all of that. It's just that. It's just that little god bit. That yeah, I, that's where I that's where I stumble. I've been I've been watching. You ever watch that show Monk? Yes. Uh, so we've been started. We've been watching it with uh, our kid. The kids are like eleven now, and it's sort of like it's like a good show for that age. And that I lo- I loved it as an adult. I love it as an adult. And it's like a little scary, but not too scary. There are right. good jokes. But as I was watching it, I realized like what a fucking pro. Tony Shalhoub is like incredible actor. Mm. We don't need to say that, but I'm watching that show and I'm like, what a fucking genius. That man took like a nine year job where he had one costume in every show. What a genius fucking actor who is just like, oh yeah, I wear this suit buttoned all the way up. Like the woman from Game of Thrones who played like Lady Tyrell, like the grandmother Tyrell. Mm -hmm. I heard a story that like she has this sort of ornate headdress simply because she was like, I'm not coming in here two and a half hours before we start. I'll come in. Wow. Like I'm not coming in for the fucking hair. A five minute wardrobe. Five minute wardrobe. We're throwing the hat on and I'm going out. You see, I would think... That that's just a matter of good, you know, you roll the dice and that's just a matter of good fortune to actually demand yeah. that or ask. I wouldn't occur to me. I mean, it's pretty cool. Wouldn't We're learning. You me. can do that. I think you're you at a point in your that. career yeah. where you can say, like, you're going to glue a mustache on me. I'm not going to grow one or whatever it would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can I, be more demanding. You have earned outrageous no. demands. You have. Yeah. yeah. I would actually go the other way. I would grow one because I find having one stuck on so irritating. Yeah, it's harder yeah. in some ways. Yeah. yeah, especially if it's hot and muggy. But I, the good thing is a beard, if you do grow it. one, you then get a reputation for committing yeah. in a way that other people... That's real, isn't it? That's real. Yeah. 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 Um, I, this is a question that I ask most guests, um, but I am... Uh, I am slightly altering it for you. Uh, how many members of parliament do you think that you could beat up? <laughs> <laughs> how many are, members are there? Are there uh, 620 okay. or so? Are they coming at me all as a single mob? No, no, no. I, no. I, I, I think he's talking in individual matches. Individual We're in a narrow, run-ins. narrow alleyway. Yes. So it's one at a time. Yeah. yeah. One at a time, and you're fully rested in between each one. You don't get to, like, the 300th and are like, oh, fuck, I've gotten through 200. And it's almost like you can size up the whole lot and go, no, I don't need to face him, I'll lose. I don't need to face him, I'll lose. The ones that you think, like, okay, I'll go in the hallway, and I could probably beat that person up. Yeah. Percentage, number, whatever you want to. Well, I suppose, on average, they're they're probably round about my age. Maybe Mm -hmm. younger. Probably younger now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'd say, well, I, I'm going to assume a third. Could okay. I take, could I take a third? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, definitely. Sure. I, I think you might be selling yourself. Even though I am secretly thinking three quarters. But, but <laughs> I, I'm, going to say, I'm going to say a third just because I don't want to be calling people out and getting into... Yeah. Someone's know. going to stop you. I, I heard yeah. you said you could beat yeah. up two thirds yeah. of us. Yeah. Let's go, man. Let's go. <laughs> No, I think that's a. I think that's a pretty good answer. Yeah. What is it like? The youth and verb will be defeated by old age and treachery, like every single time. Like yeah, cunning, cunning, yeah. old age and cunning. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, I think you're a three quarters guy. Yeah. I don't. Oh. I'm not super familiar with Parliament. 
and right. the makeup. But, and, and, their, and their fighting skills. Yeah. Yeah, their experience. Because we don't have much brawling in Parliament. We've had very little brawling. There's a lot of shouting, though, right? A lot of shouting, yeah. I yeah. like that. I do, too. I like, have, we have quite a lot of shouting in. I feel not like traditionally. It's, done, it, it's, it's not traditionally. Recent, it? And out here, it's, much like everything that we do, it comes across as, I think, crass and mismanaged. And it doesn't have like it doesn't have like centuries of uh, of tradition behind it. It's just like, oh, you're just some loud dickhead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when I hear the the arguments in Parliament, they know it's really just about the sort of the nine, nine, nine. You know, <laughs> it's like it's about the noise. No, it's funny. I think I think of it the other way around. I think we are that some of that heckling, some of that sort of rowdy um, yelling in. I, I think of the American scene as being, in some ways, more. I, I mean, until the famous, who was it, who yelled out, "You lie!" Yeah, oh, that yeah. was the sort Sorry of Obama's. That yeah. was like someone puncturing the balloon. Yes. Uh, what a terrible, terrible uh, moment. I actually think of America as being more sort of decorous in a way. Um, I think maybe the examples I'm thinking of have been since then. But you see, it may be like uh, the way we respond to each other's music and television is that we see the best of your stuff and, and whatever we've done that has, has pleased you was actually a tiny proportion. So we're probably not getting a full picture yeah. of either country. Um, There's enough. only one answer. We all move in together as like roommates in London for like a year. And yeah. then we all move in. We, like, we all live together like in a house in L.A. To prove together. what? What are we proving? Just to learn experiment? about each other's oh, oh, cultures. Oh, 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 we're not filming this. Oh, no, no. Just for fun. Just because, you know, obviously it's clear we're buds. Just to understand our misconceptions and if they're yeah. where, where they are. And yeah. And like you have to kind of live it. It's like, you know, when you learn a language, it's like you have to like, you know, sort of like. Yeah. You, really you, throw yourself into it. You, you gotta, you've got to buy grapefruit in that language. You yes. can't just. <laughs> you can't just. No. Total can't. immersion. Yeah. Immersion. Yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. we are after. Yeah. What is the Portuguese word for immersion? For example, for example, that's the kind of <laughs> immersio. Immersio. I'm gonna go ahead and check the notes on that. Not a bad bet. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's yeah. yeah. Probably. I was just gonna ask: Have you ever been on a game show? Because we talked about game shows earlier. Um, 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 no, I don't think I have. No. Is there one you think you'd be really good at? No. No. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, I did this sort of. Uh, you see, you strike me as educated. Like you would do well on like a trivia show that was out of England, perhaps like Common English History or something. Thank you for saying I strike you that way. Um, it's so it's worked <laughs> uh, because that's not that's absolutely not who I am or not what I can do. It's not what I. It's not what I do well. No. Particularly now, as I find my memory absolutely just giving up on me altogether. Yeah. Yeah, you know my day is spent going. Oh, what's the name of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was in that thing oh, with the the woman who was in that other thing. Oh, you know that's yeah. He, uh, he's a very good friend, <laughs> godfather to my children. Um, yeah, no, that's my day. That's, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Are you? Uh, I spend a fair how amount old of are that. You, by the way, I am fifty-eight. Yeah. Going to be fifty-nine soon. In two well, weeks. I imagined if you're 58 that you would eventually become 59. I and I turned 50 in Baltimore. Yeah, you, you, you weren't there yet. We had a great 50th celebration. Yeah, epic birthday party, killer. So, but anyways, uh, how old are you? 
I am 45. I will tr- I turn 45 in June. Right. Yeah. And how old are you? Salt Can we ask? 64. Okay. I don't really, I didn't, I just didn't want to leave you out. I didn't want to ask. I, you just, no, you know, no, that's I mean, okay. I was, try, I was trying to, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, Thank you for Thank serving you. Tim's uh, ego. Yeah. He would really, we, I would hear yeah. about it when Why you left. Why didn't he ask me? Yeah. Because he, he didn't care? Because he didn't care? He didn't care. <laughs> he just, he didn't want to open up another long question? I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I think I can uh, speak for both Matt and I when we say thank you very much. Being here, great it's admirers very, very of kind. you. Yeah, uh, this is like of a, you and of your work. And it's very you. very kind, and I know you've had uh, everyone else who's been in Veep yep. on multiple times. multiple times. No, yeah. we have a real completist mentality. We're trying to get everybody who came through and played a yeah. significant part, and you were definitely Tom James is. Such an epic character, and so he just rode that line so good. Oh, yeah. he did. Oh, he was, now he did. He was really good. No, I'm feeling warm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you off with those yeah. good vibes. And yeah. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Um, Is there you anything you want to walk back? Oh, yeah. Or double down on? We always offer our guests at the uh, end of this conversation. If you stepped in it, you go. You want to walk back this opinion, or if you had an opinion, you're like, no, no I don't I'm gonna think dump. so. Except that I know, as you both know, a mischievous tabloid journalist can can find anything. Oh. If you say good morning, that's like you know mm. Timothy Simon snubs evenings by <laughs> by uh, you know onlookers were left open mouthed at his foul mouthed rant. <laughs> Uh, as he specifically singled out mornings as being better than evenings. You know, yeah. they can do that, and they do, and that's their daily Well, bread. the good news is this so show... I, you can't stop people from doing This it. show lives in relative obscurity. I don't know that it's a high-profile moment say, for you. I I've never heard of it. <laughs> um, and you did well in your first... This is legitimately your first podcast. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it is, yeah. Is it? That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. I'm honored. It's amazing. All Thank right. you guys very much for listening. Thank you. Can you can find everyone. us wherever you find podcasts. You can rate, review, and subscribe, and all those great things. Thank you guys very much for being here. Thanks, you. Peace. Peace.